Hello and welcome, welcome everyone to the Stardom Cast. This is episode 78. I hope you're feeling great. I hope this podcast doesn't catch you too late as we are on the train to the five-star Grand Prix. We were just about one month left of this fantastic tournament. And as you can tell, I'm excited. I am on fire. And I am also your host, your friend, Matt Turner here, bringing you another fantastic loaded episode of the Stardom Cast. Okay, folks. So, again, I hope everybody's doing terrific. I did a little rhyming with the number eight. I'm trying to be a little creative over here. Hope <laughs> You know, some jokes. I got, got some jokes here on this lovely, fantastic day as we're winding down to the end of the summer and we're getting into the fall. So, okay, let's just jump right into it because we got three shows to review. Nights 9, Nights 10 of the Five Star Grand Prix, as well as New Blood 4 coming back for some more. See, I'm just, I'm just rhyming. I'm rhyming over here, but uh, I hope everybody's doing terrific. I hope you're better today than you were yesterday, and I hope you're better this week than you were last week. But yeah, really... Not much news. There was, well, we'll get into the stardom uh, IWGP women's draft. We'll get into that before the Cork and Hall show and who the mystery person was or wasn't that Rasi Ogawa alluded to. But we'll get to that in a minute. We'll just kind of just breeze through uh, New Blood 4 because um, it was a, a pretty, pretty quick show. And I am a big fan of how they're streaming these New Blood shows on YouTube. It makes you kind of scratch your head as wondering why they can't stream or upload some of the uh, stardom shows up on YouTube that quick, especially because the, there's such a high demand, you know, for everything that's going on in the five star. It's catching such great buzz on social media, and sometimes you have to wait three or four days to see it. But we see that these new blood shows uh, streaming live right on YouTube. So, uh, again, I don't know. You know, we talk about that a lot. I'm not going to beat a dead horse because stardom is awesome. Okay, new blood four. Like I said, boy, we're jumping right into it. I am fired up. And uh, always so, so great. Talk to the fantastic friends and family of the Stardom cast. So this show took place on the 26th of August, obviously 2022. Opening match, uh, Tomoka Inaba representing Just Tap Out versus Hina. Some really great uh, ground chain wrestling, really good catch wrestling to start. Uh, sees Inaba that goes for the ankle lock on Hina a few times. Hina fires back with some really solid forearms. She locks in a very well-seated armbar for her first advantage of the match. Uh, Inaba really comes back with some really good strikes, and she wins with a penalty kick. This one, to me, just didn't get, seem to get out of second gear. I was I thought this was going to be a really good opener. It wasn't bad. It was I want to say it was even better than okay. I gave it the classic three stars. I thought that it was, uh, it was pretty good, but I was just expecting a little bit more from the two. But maybe we'll see somewhere down the line. Match number three, uh, Lady C versus Ruaka versus, again, again, this is this is always Rob's forte, one of the many parts he's missing this podcast when it comes to announcing some of the Japanese ladies that I've never seen before. So I'm going to give it a go here. Chia Koshisakawa. Chia Koshikawa. maybe. Um, yeah, this is kind of just the standard match here. Uh, three ways are kind of tough to do, but Chia had some really good spunky and innovative offense. I was really impressed uh, impressed with her. But this one saw Ruaka get the pin over Lady C with the freezer bomb. We've seen Lady C taking a lot of falls in these new blood shows. I kind of thought that maybe these new blood shows would be somewhere where Lady C can get a whole bunch of wins. And maybe kind of pull her stock up at going into some of the main shows in stardom. But that remains to be seen. I gave this one three stars. Match number three saw the returning Wakasuyama teaming, on, teaming with Momoka 
Hanazu versus uh, Rina and Ram K. Um, Momo, Momo, uh, Momo, Momoka, Hanazu. I'm just gonna call her Hanazu because I think I got that one. Right. Hanazu, Hanazu. She's very endearing, um, and she does. Uh, she uses this device that shoots bubbles. I didn't understand why there wasn't a DQ there, folks. You know me. Hey, let's not break the rules here. <laughs> I thought that would have been funny to get DQ'd. Her and Waka worked really, really well together. And maybe this is somewhere down the line where we can see the, uh, these two team up, you know, maybe in other promotions or in these New Blood shows or in the Stardom Showcase shows. Because I thought they got along really well and they gelled really well together. Uh, Rena winds up picking the win up here with the, the Pink Devil. Three and a quarter stars. Uh, again, uh, Pretty pretty solid stuff here. Match number four. Oh boy, Salinda and May Sakurai versus Saeed and Momo Kogo. I was really excited to see Saeed and Momo Kogo teaming up. Obviously, they're part of Stars and they're one of the young and upcoming teams inside. I mean, I'm a big fan of seeing them team together. So I was pretty excited to uh, see this match. Obviously, May Sakurai is improving so much with each and every outing, and I knew nothing about Linda until I basically saw her come in the ring, almost like a dominatrix gimmick. So her and May Sakurai, mostly her, just using these, like, whips, like, consistently. And even to a point where, like, Saeed is, like, feeding for them. I'm like, why isn't there a disqualification? Like, it's constantly being used. It even got to a point where uh, Saeed goes for a pinfall attempt and the ref gets whipped with the, uh, you know, the, <laughs> I guess the dominatrix whip. And I'm like, now you're abusing the ref. Like, the, you're using, like, uh, how can I? I kind of just going to move along with this one because, again, I don't like – if it's something that bothers me or something that I don't like, I'm not going to dwell on it because that's just not the type of person I am, and this isn't the podcast for that. Bottom line is I did not rate this match. This match went to a uh, disqualification for the uh, consistent use of the whips. So, uh, yeah, no rating. Sorry. Move on to the next one. Okay, match number five. Saw Starlight Kid and Haruka Yamasaki versus Ami Sori and Mirai, the God's Eye pair. Uh, this was another really, really good match. Uh, this was probably my favorite match of the show. I like how they're using Starlight Kid in these new blood shows, too. I know she's probably drawn some, drawn them some money. She is a big star for stardom, and again, she's only 20 years old, uh, 20, 21 years old. So it's nice that she's she's still in this uh, in this spot where they're using her for for a new blood, the new blood shows. So like you know, giving these shows a little bit of kick with star power, and obviously Ami Sori and Mirai. Uh, they're both crushing it in the five-star. We'll get into that later. And it made sense for Ami Soy and Mirai to pick up the win here. They did pick up the win here via disqualification. Uh, they will be challenging on the 11th of September for the Goddess of Stardom Championship against Tam and Natsupoi. The only thing I didn't understand is why they had a win via disqualification. You figured to get them a couple wins here to build up some momentum uh, going uh, you know, into the uh, their Goddess of Stardom Championship match. So, um I thought it was really cool. I thought this match was really solid. Uh, Starlight Kid and Mirai had some really, really good uh, chemistry here. I'm really looking forward to their match coming up soon in the five-star. Uh, Starlight Kid gets just drilled with a left-handed Larry from Mirai, which was like the highlight of the show for me. Um, I thought that was a really good point there. And I, I was a big fan of like after she kicked out, like she wanted her to kick out. It's like the old, old Billy Robinson school of you kind of want them to get out of a move to set up another move. Like, you know, open up one door. This way, when they come out of that door, you close the window on them. Uh, that's a very old, you know, catch wrestling, British wrestling thing that Mariah, I've noticed that she's adopted really, really well, you know, coming off her Cinderella win. So I thought that was, uh, I, I was a really big, big fan of that. I had this one at three and three-fourth stars. Moving on to the semi-main event. Uh, the Future Stardom Championship is on the line. I like that. I like how they're putting belts on the line here in the new blood shows. Uh, Hana 
the future stardom champion versus just tap outs Awai. Uh, she does a really good, Awai does a really good job targeting Hana's arm, and she even uses Konami's Triangle Lancer as they're building up towards the submission. Hana does a really, really great job of selling. Again, I'm constantly putting over how much better she's another one that's getting better with each and every outing here in the uh, in the five star as well. Awai throws some really, really good chops. Hana uses that judo background to stop the challenger's onslaught. Hana hits a pair of pumping knees and a rocker dropper and the rich clust Hannah special for the win. Three and a half stars. And then Ami Sori comes out and she is the next challenger for uh, Hana's future stardom championship. So I think that might put an end towards Hana's, you know, you have a David versus Goliath battle, but we really haven't seen Hana when she's going in these future stardom championship matches. There's very, you're, you're kind of like, yeah, she's got a pretty good shot at retaining here. But I think, like Ami Sori, I think a good majority of uh, the Stardom fans are thinking that there's going to see a title change here. It's a very good possibility. So Ami Sori's got two uh, title matches coming up. She's got the, the one against Hana. And then she also has the, uh, like we talked about, I talked about just a minute ago, the tag team, the Goddess of Stardom uh, tag team uh, championship match. So Ami Sori could be looking at double gold. And she's almost in double digits here in the five stars. So really good job uh, spotlighting her, considering the fact she's only started with the company. Since the uh, early spring, since uh, February, not February, excuse me, April. Moving on to the main event, Tam Nakano defeats uh, Miyu Amasaki. I had this one at three and a half stars. Um, I thought Miyu did a really good job selling Tam strikes. Tam gave Miyu a little bit, but not a lot. Not as much as Julia did, not as much as Utami did. I think Miyu's best outing, at least in these new blood shows, was the Julia match. Uh, I, I've all always alluded to. That when Julia is working somebody younger and more, uh, or excuse me, with a lot less experience than her, she does a good job bringing them up, and that just shows you what just a great wrestler that Julia is by giving a younger opponent somebody with less experience, shining them up, making them look good, and then um, her beating them in the end. Because if you kind of squash anybody, then who'd you just beat? But uh, I think Tam gave her, she gave her a decent amount here. I thought I was a big fan of uh, Miyu doing the great Muda Handspring elbow. We really don't see her do that move too much in the regular stardom, uh, you know, the stardom proper shows. I think that would be something that I'd, I'd like to see her do, you know, quite often. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I was a big fan of how Tam basically just blitzed her at the end with the big kicks and the violent shooting and then the tiger suplex for three, three and a half stars. And really the only big note uh, to me, at least for me coming out of this show, was that God's Eye has a new member. So I'm a big fan of uh, with uh, Tomoka Inaba. I'm a big fan of her. I thought her all of her stuff on these new blood shows has looked really good. She had a fantastic Future of Stardom championship match against Hana, the one that went the time limit draw. So God's Eye has just another just you know bruiser. I mean, she's got really good strikes, really good submissions. The way she works that knee bar in, she throws really good kicks, and you know she's teaming with. Uh, she's gonna be in the same stable as Mirai and Ami Sorry, two of the biggest. And most badass women in all of stardom, and obviously their leader, one of the most badass wrestlers, not only in stardom, but uh, in the world today, the world of stardom champion, Shuri. So, nice to see God's Eye getting a fourth member, considering the fact that all the other factions seem to be growing by leaps and bounds. So, they now have a fourth. So, it's going to be very interesting to see her mix it up with the likes of Tam, and these, uh, maybe in, in uh, like an eight-person tag match, or Mayu, uh, Julia, you know, etc., etc. So, uh, hats off to Stardom because they just keep growing the roster and they're picking the people that fit in perfectly, in my opinion, in certain places. So, okay, that was it for New Blood 4. Like I said, I thought it was a, a solid show. 
I don't think it was anything like, you know, crazy, like a show of the year. I thought New Blood 3 was probably the best show so far. But it's a nice way to showcase some new talent, some new talent that I haven't seen. And that if they do come back to stardom or these New Blood shows, I will have to do a much better job of uh, pronouncing their names. But, you know, hey, uh, we're, we're trying, we're working, we're, we're working hard here. So, like I said, we're just trying to get better uh, every single day. So, okay, a little sip of water there. Let's move right into the five stars. So we go to Cork and Hall. So uh, the first things first. We have the IWGP Women's Bracket Lottery. So it was announced, it was built up on social media for about a week or so that they were going to announce a major, major superstar that's uh, that's non-Japanese, that's enormously famous. So we got Ava White, who I know very little about, and she's the first person announced in the international bracket. And then the next person announced is former World of Stardom champion, alpha female, also known as Jazzy Gabbard. So, and then we have somebody that's getting a buy, and we still don't know who that person is. So, left a lot of people scratching their heads. I think a lot of people thought it might be Tony Storm, or a lot of people were really crossing their fingers, hoping it was Sasha Banks, you know, maybe Britt Baker, maybe Jamie Hayter's coming back. Uh, but we didn't get any of that. So, uh, not really sure where they're going with this. But regardless, it's Jazzy uh, Alpha Female when she was uh, Jazzy Gabbard over here or, you know, over in the States when she was doing the May Young Classic. She was getting over. Towards the end of the tournament, she did a really good job getting over. For some reason, WWE just kind of pulled a plug on her. So it's going to be interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen her wrestle in probably since the May Young Classic. So it's been a few years. So interesting to see what she's going to do. It's interesting to see who's going to get, who's that person that has that buy into the semifinals. They did announce that the semifinals will be taking place at the New Japan Royal Quest 2 Electric Boogaloo uh, over there in England. So we'll, we, we shall see. You know, again, rumors are running rampant as who the third international person will be. So comes down to four units will be picked. Um, so they uh, they come out with the, the, <laughs> the dreaded red sticks. And obviously you have uh, Mayu representing Stars. You have Utami representing Queen's Quest. Starlight Kid representing Oedo Tai. Uh, Shuri representing God's Eye. Oedo Tai, God's Eye. Look at that. I'm rhyming like crazy today. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Julia representing Donald Del Mundo. So the four factions that were picked were Stars, Queen's Quest, Donald Del Mundo, and Oedo Tai. So the, it, they didn't make the announcement that after the five star, that's who we will find out who the other four wrestlers will be representing the units. Obviously, they uh, well, what Stardom did, they kind of already tipped their hat because the finals of this tournament is going to be taking place at the November Stardom X New Japan show. But they've already announced that like Julia's teaming with uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Sherry's teaming with Tom Lawler, Starlight Kid, um, and Momo Watanabe are an eight person tag with, uh, you know, against uh, Tam Nakano and Natsupoy. So you know it's not going to be any of those. You know, Micah's teaming up with Hiroki Goto. It's an awesome team. And Utami's teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi. So you know it's not going to be any of them. So it's like, you know, maybe they should have waited before they announced that. So this way you're not tipping your hat. So rep here's my prediction. Representing stars, it's going to be Mayu. I mean, who else is she going to go with? She's not on the card as of yet for that show. You know, she is pretty, She is the face of stardom. I think it's going to be Mayu in the finals against whoever the person is getting the buy on the international bracket. Representing Queen's Quest, 
you can go one or two ways here. You can go with Sai Kamatani or you can go with the Zumi. I don't think it's, to me, it's heads you wins, tails you wins. Obviously, it won't be Utami as uh, she's teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Donald Del Mundo, uh, I guess it's going to be Himika, right? Because Micah's teaming with Hiroki Goto. Julia's teaming with Zack Sabre Jr. So I don't think it'll be Mei Sakurai. I mean, so that would be my pick. With Oedo Tai, I mean, that's you figured it'd be the Momo or Starlight Kid. But again, they're already booked for that show. So maybe it's Saki Kashima. I think that's not unless it's Toro, not Nakazo Tora. Um you know, coming back, we haven't seen her in over a year, so maybe this is where she makes her return. Um, not really sure. After the uh, the picking of the factions, Julia and Starlight Kid get into a brawl, kind of almost kind of like you know setting up their main event match for later later that night, and then all of a not all of a way to tie, but the majority of way to tie, they jump Julia, and then Rina Yamashita she comes in and makes the save. Now, I'm not very familiar with much uh, Joshi wrestling outside of stardom. A little bit of Tokyo Joshi Pro, and I'm trying to educate myself a little bit better. But her, I know. Her, I know. So I was, you know, I saw the tweets that she came in, helped Julia out, and she requested a hardcore match with her and Julia versus Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid in a tag match at a later date. I'm pursuing maybe uh, the Stardom Showcase Volume 2 um, would be my guess when that's going to take place. So... That's going to be something interesting because you wonder with Natsupoy leaving Donald Del Mundo to go to uh, Cosmic Angels, you wonder if Rena is going to be a permanent fixture in Donald Del Mundo or is she going to be like somebody that they kind of switch in from time to time, kind of like how they're doing with the Colors faction with Cosmic Angels. So, again, some really interesting things uh, are brewing, as always, for Stardom. So there just seems to be so much going on with Stardom. In the positive way. All right, let's get into night number nine. Let me get a little drink here. Ah, swig of water for the working man. So, okay. Night number nine of the five-star Grand Prix. This took place on the 27th of August in Corken Hall. Another Corken sellout in front of over 1,500 fans. I was doing a little research just to see what the uh, biggest houses were in Corken Hall this year. New Japan ran back-to-back nights in Corken Hall for the G1, uh, their G1 Climax. And they drew a little over 1,300 fans for both those nights. Where Stardom, this night, 1,500 fans, over 1,500 fans, and uh, over 1,500 fans the last time at Cork and Hall. So, Cork, so start if you're taking Stardom, five-star attendance in Cork and Hall versus New Japan f- attendance in Cork and Hall, uh, the, the G1 versus the five-star, Stardom's up 2-0. Stardom outdrew them in the, the two nights. So it's absolutely fantastic. That's a, an amazing note. And they did uh, make mention that Stardom has over 200 and I think 8% growth from last year to this year, which is insane because they did phenomenal growth in 2021 and that they've already outdrawn their tickets with still four months left to go. They sold more tickets this year than they did last year. And they are currently the number two company in Japan, surpassing Dragon Gate. Um, obviously, they're behind New Japan. So, Bushi Road both has one and two. And if you kind of look in the grand scheme of things, and if, excuse me, if, if I'm wrong, please, you know, let me know. You guys know how to get a hold of me. But, like, the way that I look at it, I think stardom is, and as far as, like, attendance and growth, I think they're number four in the world. Obviously, WWE is number one <laughs> with the bullet. Nobody's surpassing them. You know, nobody, nobody's doing their numbers. Jeez, I mean, almost five million views. 
you know, between Raw, SmackDown, uh, <laughs> and NXT. This is amazing. So they're number number one. Number two to me would be AEW. Again, they're doing about a million views on their weekly uh, Dynamite show. And then uh, Rampage, I think, is like 300,000. And they do really well, you know, ticket sales and merchandising and whatnot. So they're number two. And then I would have New Japan number three. And then Stardom number four. I think Stardom is bigger than Impact. I think Stardom is bigger than uh, AAA and CMLL. Uh, again, I'm not too, too familiar with the uh, Lucha Libre scene. So, you know, if, if I'm off here, if you guys think that I'm nuts, just let me know. But I have them pegged you know, number four as far as, you know, attendance and growth and you know, whatnot in the world, which is absolutely insane considering the fact that it's just an all-female promotion running strictly in Japan. And, but obviously, we're going to see them branch out. Uh, they'll be at the Royal Quest 2 show in England. They'll be over here, you know, just a few hours away from me in New York City at the end of October. So it's going to be interesting to see the splash they can make in the international market. So, okay. I, well, I can say I, I, you know, rambled on enough, but I'm going to be rambling on here for probably the next 40, 45 minutes or so. But anyway, let's get into uh, night number nine of the Five Star Grand Prix. We go, we start at the Red Stars block. We see Mei Sakurai taking on Yunagi Saka. Um, of course, you know how this was going to start. Big boots thrown right from the start to get going. Uh, we kind of figured that would go. Yunaga gets the advantage. She hits a code breaker. May Sakurai comes back with the STF submission. Kind of swings the momentum back in her favor. Yunagi comes back with some more stiff forearms and some stiff kicks. She goes for the shell shock, but she gets tripped up into the my pawn roll. 5 minutes, 29 seconds for May Sakurai, pulling up 6 points already into this tournament. And again, we still have very much more to go. So I don't think anybody thought that she would surpass two points. And here she is uh, at six. Uh, solid match, uh, three stars. We go to the blue stars block match where we see a couple of goose eggs. We have Hana at zero and Hazuki at zero losses coming in with 12 points. So she's trying to go seven for seven here. Uh, Hana starts the match out fast against her fellow stars member with a uh, quick drop kick. And goes right into the rolling knee bar. Crowd really getting behind Hana. That's another thing that she's really improving on. We've seen her, you know, great matches with Mayu, Saikamatani, Julia. But the crowd really seems to be pulling for her in these matches, even against Mayu. You know, no one ever, I don't think anybody was booing Mayu, but I think they were just kind of just wanted to see maybe Hana get an upset or get her first few points here. Uh, Hazuki hits a drop kick, uh, followed by some brutal brute scrapes and some stiff, stiff strikes. Uh, Hana comes back with some stiff strikes and she hits the pumping knee. And that Hazuki sells fantastic and feeds fantastic into the Hana special for two. Eventually, Hazuki gets the advantage back with the Hazuki driver, Senton, Brain Buster combination. They got all this done in less than seven minutes. Six minutes, 36 seconds. I had this one at four stars. And I seem to be saying this every week, but this was my favorite Hana match. It seems like each and every outing, she's getting better. Uh, that put, puts Hazuki up at 14 points. We switch back over to the Red Stars block where we see Tom Nakano going up against Koguma. Uh, and we got High Speed Tom. High Speed Tom. High Speed Tam uh, is back. We saw her doing some high speed offense uh, in her match with the Zumi. We see it again here against the High Speed Genius. Some fantastic back and forth uh, action from the from both Koguma and Tam Nakano. No real clear advantage. Tam hits the violent shooting for two. Koguma tries for the Koguma roll up. After several pin reversals, Tam, and, uh, Tam gets the win. She winds up uh, stacking up Koguma with the cartwheel roll-up. Five minutes, 56 seconds. This was like all action. This was, you know, all killer, no filler, three and a quarter stars. And again, they do a really good job getting these early matches in, out. They have it make sense. They have the match get over, and they move on to the next one. I'm a big fan of high-speed Tam. 
Match number four, we see Azumi taking on Saki from Colors uh, from the Red Stars block. Azumi uh, Sushi attempt early on as Azumi and Saki. Azumi has Saki running like crazy. I thought it was, again, Azumi is the master of the high speed. I thought it was pretty funny how Azumi just kept having Saki running off the ropes. And I was getting blown up just watching it. And then she tries for the Azumi Sushi to, to take advantage of, of Saki. Just about getting blown up about 45 seconds in. I thought that was really, really good. Uh, eventually, Saki doesn't doesn't want to take any more of Azumi's BS. She fires back with some boot scrapes and some stiff kicks. Uh, Zumi winds up getting the advantage back. She puts Saki down, hits the beautiful double stomp for two. And then she comes off the rope, tries some more high-speed offense. But uh, Saki says, oh, no. She uh, drops her with the big boot. Uh, Saki go, tries to stay on Azumi. Azumi counters with the C4 bomb German suplex. Saki gets back up with another big boot and creates some space and separation. I like how, you know, we see a lot of people using that big boot, that running Yakuza kick. You know, Julia used it a lot. Obviously, we saw in the outset of the Unagi and a May Sakurai match. The way that Saki does it, uh, she does a really good job as putting on his offense and defense, especially here, getting towards the crux of the end of the match. She does it a great job to create space. And uh, at that, this point, when she hits the big boot to stop Azumi's onslaught, they slow down, they sell, and this is when the crowd comes up. So really, really good psychology there. Azumi uh, is eventually comes back with a La Mystica into the Azumi Sushi for the win. Seven minutes, 14 seconds, three and three-fourth stars. And we see Azumi, the first wrestler in the Red Stars block to hit double digits. She hits 10. She did make mention that she will turn 20. On the final day of the Five Star Grand Prix, October 1st, the day before my daughter's birthday. So how about that? And uh, she says it'll make it for a great birthday present for her to win the Five Star. So who knows? That kind of remains to be seen. And that would be a nice little maybe story. Kind of maybe something that they're hinting towards. Because I don't think too many people have a Zoomy peg to uh, to win the Five Star. Afterwards, um, she does say that she does want to get back at Hazuki. And Fukin Death, so they set up a three-way match between one of the greatest high-speed wrestlers of all time, Hazuki, and Fukin Death in a three-way, uh, assuming that Death is going to probably be taking the pinfall there, because I don't see Hazuki or Izumi uh, taking the loss, considering the fact of the absolute role these two are on, not only in the five-star, but this year in general. Match number five, we move over to the Blue Stars block, as we see Mina Shirakawa and Mayu Iwatani both coming in at four points. These two waste no time getting into it as Mina right off the bat hits a rolling elbow and then an implant DDT, a draping implant DDT in the ring and then drag drags poor Mayu out off the apron and she hits one off the apron into the floor. Mina clearly targeting the neck of the icon Mayu Iwatani. Mayu comes back with a dragon suplex to kind of stop uh, Mina's momentum. Uh, Mina hits uh, Mayu with a fantastic forearm. So, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, Mayu comes back with a fantastic forearm super kick combo. It was really cool how she was able to move those moves together. Just, like, beautifully violent. Like, she throws the right forearm, and then she comes up with that desperation super kick. I thought that was really good. Mina fights through all this, really getting the crowd behind her. She's another uh, implant DDT, followed by the spinning back fist for two. She follows up with an insiguri and another DV, uh, DDT for two. Crowd really rallies, starting to right... Excuse me. Crowd is really rallying behind Mayu at this point because it just seems like Mina's just blitzing her. It looks like that she's going to get the pinfall win. Um, Mina goes for the glorious collection, Mina, but Mayu reverses it, uses that experience, and stacks up Mina for the win. 
four minutes, 55 seconds. Again, this is less than five minutes. And they're able to tell such a fantastic story. So for all you independent wrestlers out there that when you see your name on the sheet and you only have five or six minutes and you think, man, I can't do anything but five or six minutes. Go back and watch this match. I had this at three and three-fourth stars. This is fantastic. And they told such a good story. They got it all done in less than five minutes. It's unbelievable. And Mina's just constantly improving. She's in the ring with the best of the best, especially here with Mayu. Uh, Mayu, this takes Mayu up to six points. And again, Mina's just doing a great job of getting herself over. Uh, you know, even losing efforts, very much like Hana um, as well. She's, she's looking great in this five-star. Moving on to match number six, we uh, stay in the Blue Stars block. As we have Natsupoi coming in with four points against Suzu Suzuki at zero points, which is still kind of just like a head scratcher. I know that she missed the first two nights of the five star, but still the fact that she doesn't have any points and she slated against Julia in the final night. So you wonder if, I mean, I'm kind of just throwing it out there. You wonder if Suzu Suzuki is going to have zero points going up into, into the final night with Julia, who a lot of people have her pegged to win the whole thing, and especially the Blue Stars block. You wonder if Suzu spoils Julia. Like if she comes in with zero points and Julia is like tied with Suzuki or something like that. And then Suzu spoils the party for Julia. And she uh, upsets her in the final night. I mean, maybe that's something that they're going for. But I just can't see Suzu Suzuki. It's somebody that when they brought her over from prominence, that they've done a great job highlighting her and protecting her. But yet she doesn't, you know, have any points. But uh, anywho, getting to the match... Um, Suzu Suzuki is a phenomenal base for Natsupoi's offense. You know, she's doing the cartwheels and the arm drags, and she does a great job feeding for her and knowing where she has to be in the ring to make all of Natsupoi's uh, offenses look even better. Um, eventually, that spills outside real uh, real early on, and that's not the place you want to be against Suzu Suzuki because that's her territory. Poi gets body slammed off the top rope onto the apron by Suzu. Um, eventually, Poi comes back hitting a series of strikes that sends Suzuki to the outside, she finally hits the dive that she's been looking for, that she's been trying to set up but since early on in the match. I thought it was really good psychology about how like how Natsupoi was trying to take out uh, Suzu early on with the dive. One, the first time she couldn't get it. The second time she got body slammed onto the apron for her efforts. The third time she hits a really good psychology building up that spot and getting a good uh, pop from the crowd. Really good uh, forearm exchange between the two. That eventually turns into a German suplex exchange. Uh, Natsupoi ends up eating a huge forearm, and at that point, the crowd is really, really up for this one. Really good pacing, really good psychology, really good selling, really good job drawing the crowd in from both Natsupoi and Suzu Suzuki. And then Natsupoi, once she sees an opening, she basically hits like a death combo here. She hits a fairy strain, super kick, fairy gift, fairy strain, super combination for the win. Just basically chaining all those big moves together to pick up another win for her that gets her to six points. I had this one at three and three-fourth stars. This one got done 10 minutes, 11 seconds. And again, Suzu Suzuki, again, scratched in my head. She's still at zero. But it's just an absolutely fantastic match. Uh, phenomenal effort from both these two, both these ladies. Match number eight, we go over to the Blue Stars block as we see tag team partners going up against each other as Mirai with six points against Ami Sori with six points. So, you know, as soon as the graphic for this match came up or as soon as I knew this match was happening, you knew how this was going to start for the shock of no one. By no means am I complaining because we got a nice chop fest uh, right early on. Eventually, the chop fest turns into a uh, lariat fest as Amisori hits the first lariat of the match. Uh, Mirai counters a lariat attempt into the double wrist lock, but Ami is able to break away free. And then she hits the thunder, uh, another brutal series of lariats. 
She tries for the second Lariat, but Ami hits uh, like a Thunderbolt. Fire Thunder Driver for the win. I thought they could have packed a little bit more into this match. They did a really good job like pacing things, keeping it slow, considering the fact of how fast the first few matches went. This guy one got done in a little over 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 28 seconds. But I thought there would have been like a little more brutality. It just seemed like there was clotheslines, there was chops. Um, I mean, everything made sense. The crowd was into it. But for me, this one kind of just missed just a little bit. Uh, three and a half stars. Still a really good match, but I was expecting maybe a little bit more violence uh, between the two. And who would have thought? Ami Sori picking up the win. I li- I'm a big fan of how she does the Fire Thunder Driver, and I like the name of it, like a Thunderbolt. So big fan of Ami Sori getting a new finish in this five-star and beating her uh, her tag team partner. And considering the fact that most people would say that Mirai is the leader of that team just based on the way that she's been pushed, that she's had a singles title shot, and that she's won the Cinderella Tournament. So good job getting Ami Sori up, uh, you know, over in this tournament, considering the fact that she had to qualify for this tournament. And she's at eight points here. Moving on to match number eight, we go to the Red Stars block, where we see Risa Sarah versus Himika. Uh, Himika tries the shoulder block Risa Sarah into the front row right off the get-go. I mean, she's really coming at her like an offensive tackle on a fourth and one uh, for all my uh, um, American football uh, <laughs> fans. She really is drilling Risa with those shoulder tackles. Risa comes off a very good counter wrestler here. That any time Himika goes for like a big bomb, uh, she does a really good job st- uh, countering Himika's offense here, and she does a good job stacking her offense together. I and mean, we saw that in the match against uh, her tag partner uh, Micah. Himika uses a few nasty lariats to get to build into the JP coaster that she gets for just a two count. Risa ca- Risa Sarah ca- counters a power bomb attempt into a sit out air raid crash. I thought that was really cool. My tag partner, Andy Header, he uses the Air Raid Crash or Kryptonite Crunch, whatever you want to call it, uh, as a finish. And literally, I paused my TV and I texted him. I said, you got to see this match because uh, this Risa Sarah, she did your finish, but she did in a sit-out version. So uh, maybe a little sit-out Air Raid Crash coming for all you Andy Header fans somewhere down the road. Anywho, Risa then follows up with a sit-out DVD, and then she heads to the top, but Himika is able to cut her off with the power bomb, the concussion bomb, gets the win, seven minutes and six seconds, three and a half stars. I'm assuming that Risa, who does a, like I said, does a really good job piling her big offensive moves together. You know, we saw her hit the kryptonite crunch, and then she did the sit out DVD. She was probably going for the double knees, but uh, as she was coming up, Himika cuts her off and then just hits the one concussion bomb for the win, and uh, basically just stops the momentum of Risa Sarah in the match. And that just goes to show you just how resilient Sai was in their uh, championship match at Stardom X Stardom just a few weeks ago, considering the fact that she ate so many power bombs and so many concussion bombs, and they did a good job of getting the move back over. You know, Sai kind of kicking out of Himika's go-to move. Here's Himika's first singles match back uh, since that title loss, and uh, she was just one concussion bomb off a counter. So they, I thought Stardom did a really good job you know, Risa Sarah has six, both of them had six points going into this match. I thought they did a good job getting Himika back over and getting her finisher back over, where it just took one as a counter to get the win, and that pulls Himika up at eight points. Match number nine, the co-main event, we saw Micah versus Utami. Uh, Micah coming at four points, Utami coming at eight. And these two just, and this is a rematch from several, uh, Micah had two championship matches, uh, two championship opportunities against Utami when Utami was the red belt champion. And this is a rematch from several five-star uh, Grand Prix matches that they've had, including the finals of Utami's win 
back in 2020. So I was really, really looking forward to this match. I'm sure everybody was. And this did not disappoint at all. Uh, it's power versus power as Utami gets the first advantage of the match, sending Micah to the outside after a series of shoulder tackles and clotheslines. She follows up with a body slam onto the outside and then uh, throws Micah back in the ring. And then Micah counters a lariat into a crucifix and then rolls her through into the ring of Saturn. Something new there we've seen from Micah using a little bit of agility there. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, she follows up with the Tully Blanchard-style slingshot suplex. And then a lariat contest follows. We knew this was going to happen. And again, by no means am I complaining. Uh, these two just wind up close on each other back and forth. Just a test the wheels to see who's going to break. Uh, Utami eventually goes, slips into the rear naked, slips on Micah into the rear naked choke to counter uh, Micah's power. I thought that was really good. And then she hits a, uh, she gets Micah, or she pulls Micah up into the buckle. And then she hits a series of short lariats and then hits a superplex of her own for two. And then she hits a German, a deadlift German suplex for two. I thought that was a really cool visual, how she has Micah in the turnbuckle and she just keeps hitting the series of lariats and she hits the superplex and then she picks up Micah in a deadlift German suplex. I thought that was really good. Uh, really cool visual. Utami goes for the BT bomb, but Micah, uh, excuse me, Micah is able to slip out from the back. She goes for the discus lariat, but as she goes all the way around. We've seen this so many times in Misawa's matches as she's just so close to throwing that forearm. She winds up eating something in return and she eats a big forearm from Utami. I thought the timing of that was just perfect. At the end of the year, the crowd go, ooh, I thought that was great. Utami comes off the ropes, but uh, comes off the ropes like she's going to hit a big, big clothesline, but the, her momentum gets caught into the Mijinoka driver. We've seen the Mijinoka driver put Utami away before. But Micah can't follow up because of just all the brutal damage she's taken from uh, from Utami. But as the two of them get back on their feet, she hits a discus lariat and follows up with not one, but two Mijinoka drivers for the win. 14 minutes, 11 seconds, four and a half stars. This was absolutely fantastic. This was epic. And just another uh, win for Micah on Utami in the five-star. Just seems like with the five-star advantage, other than the, uh, the finals from 2020, Seems like Micah has the uh, Micah has has Utami's card there. She looks like you know she really kind of she knows the cheat code to Utami, uh, you know, in the five star. But again, these two, I think I tweeted out as soon as I saw this match. These two, uh, these two just can't miss. Just an absolutely fantastic co-main event in Cork and Hall, sold out Cork and Hall. And you wonder how in the world is the main event going to be able to follow that match? But in my opinion, boy, they sure did. We go over to the Blue Stars block as we see Starlight Kid taking on Julia. Both these competitors locked in at four points. We saw earlier in the night the little shoving match that the two of them had. Obviously, there's a lot of bad blood uh, between these two. And I thought it was, you knew this was going to, this uh, match lived up to the hype when this was uploaded on Stardom World mere hours uh, after the match happened. So good on them getting this up and out to the world uh for, for us to see so thank you thank you uh sunny you know you know keep up keep up the great work i know you're overloaded with so much stuff from all these fantastic uh, shows that stardom is uh stardom is giving us so julia comes out first and that sets up the jump so starlight kid she comes in she does her entrance she does her split on the apron and julia basically pulls in a weedle tie as she pulls poor starlight kid mid split right off the apron and just starts beating the crap out of her including ripping off her mask very much in the vein of like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. from 
Halloween Havoc 97, where he just kept ripping at the mask and ripping at the mask. And you almost saw Starlight Kid's face there. And we, you know, Starlight Kid always jokes, you'll never see my nose. And the, I don't even think the bell rang. And we, we saw our nose as that mask was kind of just hanging on as Julia's just being super stiff towards Starlight Kid. I and mean, we're seeing a super aggressive Julia, even more aggressive than she was. I don't want to say more aggressive, but as aggressive, maybe, in her, uh, her stuff with Tan, you know, going back towards, uh, you know, the beginning of last year. So it just really, Julia's just, she's not playing around. She lost the first two matches of the five star. And she's not playing around here. Uh, she, and eventually with the two of them, <coughs> excuse me, two of them brawling on the outside, it turns into a mini away to tie versus DDM brawl. Um, that pretty much just sets up Starlight Kid to get away from Julia a little bit. And she sees her opportunity as she hits a perfect Ase moonsault into everyone. Um, that was a really, really cool visual. Big headbutts from Julia onto Starlight Kid. Some wildly stiff shots back and forth between the two. Um, I mean, I know Starlight Kid's not. I don't know what the drinking age is in, over in Japan. I know here in the states it's twenty one, but uh, Julia owes Starlight Kid a beer. I'll tell you that, and probably vice versa, because these are some stiff shots uh, back and forth. Starlight Kid hits the Northern Lights uh, plex for two. Julia comes back as or Starlight Kid gets some momentum. She goes to the top rope where she's more comfortable. Julia cuts her off with the butterfly superplex falcon arrow combination that we've been seeing her use in this five star for the count of two. Starlight Kid uh, gets the advantage back onto Julia and she gets the Black Tiger Leg Crusher submission for a near tap out. I thought that was really cool how they, they worked that. They sold it as the uh, Starlight Kid was really trying to get her leg over Julia's throat. And once she did, looked like we we're gonna get a near tap out and julie did a really good job selling it and teasing the tap out eventually she gets the ropes starlight kid pulls julie off the ropes at the tiger suplex for two she goes back to the top rope to try to finish her off with the moonsault but julie does a great job of getting in position and countering into the bianca uh she she um gets on top of starlight or she has the advantage on starlight kid at that point she goes for the glorious driver but it's reverse into the black tiger driver which julie kicks out of two Starlight Kid, again, stays on Julia. Psychology here is she goes back to the moonsault again, and that time she hits it. But instead of getting the three count, Julia doesn't kick out at two, but Starlight Kid picks up Julia at two. And I think that's something that Julia said in the in the promo after the uh, you know after the IWGP women's uh, you know stick drive. She said, you're, you're hard-headed, you're hard-headed. So she tried for the moonsault a few minutes earlier, didn't get it. She hits it here. But instead of staying for the three count, she picks Julia up, which makes sense going into that promo that she is hard-headed. You know, she had the win. You hit the moonsault there. Um, at this point, Kid is just running on emotions as, you know, her mask is torn. She's just throwing some wicked, wicked wild shots. She tries for the Tiger Suplex again. Julia escapes. Julia, I thought this was genius for how brutal this match was. This finish was genius. So she escapes the Tiger Suplex. She baits her in with another wild shot. Julia is able to get the Ganoske clutch roll for the win at 11 minutes, 32 seconds. I thought it was just brilliant just how brutal stiff this match was. And you can see that Starlight, that Julia got into Starlight Kid's head with the ripping of the mask and the fact that she had her beat after the moonsault and she picked her up and baited her into a wild shot that Julia was able to count. You figure the way this was going is going to end in submission or like two glorious drivers, like a big bump on the apron, but it didn't. And that was the brilliant psychology of the match that Julia baits her in to throw a wild strike and Julia counters it. 
and she gets the Ganoske clutch. Perfect. The way she had it on was absolutely perfect for the three count. I thought that was just the psychology of this match, the pacing, the way the crowd, the crowd was bought in, up and down. It was absolutely fantastic. This, to me, was five stars. This is definitely going to make my top five uh, at the end of this podcast when I give my top five. This was fantastic. Uh, and I think this this match, again, I talked about how, how you're going to be able to follow Utami and Micah. I know some people like Utami and Micah better, and that's fine. Hey, your opinion, you can like what you like. But I thought that this match did a great job of it. I'm a big fan of layers and layers of storytelling and psychology. And they were able to do this in just over 11 minutes. I, I thought that was fantastic how Julia used Starlight Kid's aggression and her emotion against her. So I thought that was uh, that was a really good job. And then... Julia gets on the microphone and says, the only belt that I'm interested in is, is the red one. So, you know, there it is. We're, we're, we're doing a great job building Julia back up after her first two losses against Hazuki and Mirai in this tournament. Uh, just by not only getting her a bunch of wins, but quality wins, main event wins. So uh, I thought that was an absolute fantastic job done, you know, done here. And it's something that maybe somewhere down the road. Uh, if Julia does win the red belt, do you have a mask versus title match? And you can kind of lean back on this one and say, well, you know, here was basically, you know, kind of the uh, the springboard for it. So, I mean, that's that's definitely somewhere startup can go in 2023. But uh, again, that's just kind of me fantasy booking or booking like seven, eight months in advance as we still have a lot of this five star to go through. Uh, you know, absolutely fantastic match, especially those last few matches. So we move on to the last night to review. We have night number 10. So we start with a non-tournament match. We have a handicap match with Lady C and Hina taking on the team of uh, Fukin Death, Rina, and Ruwaka. Saki Kashima comes out with the Uedo Tai group and states that uh, Fukin Death feels bad and doesn't want to have a handicap match. She said she will be an impartial ref. Uh, Saki Kashima distracts the ref for the good, uh, you know, the first few minutes of the match. We get some comedy stuff that ensues. We see some uh, Danny Davis for all my uh, 1980s wrestling fans. Some Danny Davis style of fishing or some Nick Patrick NWO fishing or some Bill Alfonso ECW Taz style of fishing. As he quick counts everything for a way to tie and slow counts everything for the uh, <laughs> the Queen's Quest team. Eventually, Lady C has enough of Fukin Dead's crap and she boots her and then goes back in the handicap match. Uh, fine match. Eventually, Death rolls up Hina off a of blind tag. I was a big fan of that. Very much uh, like a Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express finish with the uh, the blind tag. She didn't see it. Nine minutes, 20 seconds, three stars. Okay, now we get into our first block match of the uh, of the evening. We go to the Blue Stars block as we see Mirai. Take, he was on a little bit of a losing streak here, taking on Hana. Uh, Hana does a great job using the headlock to wear Mirai down in the beginning. And I thought that was... I thought that we would see Hana coming out of here super aggressive, kind of like how we've seen her pretty much in every match leading up to this. But she doesn't. They do some chain wrestling, and she won't let go of the headlock. So we're just seeing another kind of style, not style, another side of Hana here. You know, she's going into a deeper bag of her offense here. So I thought that was really cool how instead of her coming out with drop kicks and forearms, she uh, kind of almost out-wrestles the, uh, the reigning Cinderella champion. So I thought that was really good. Uh, Mirai goes off to Hana's arm. Hana hits a pumping knee and rocker jocker combo for two. Uh, again, crowd really getting behind Hana here. Um, Mirai used, misses a left arm at Lariat, but she floors Hana with the right arm. I thought it was a big, that was very like Dynamite Kids style. You've seen like a lot of Dynamite Kids matches, especially in Japan, where 
you know, he builds up this left arm lariat, but there's sometimes that somebody ducks it and then they'll follow right back into the uh, the right arm lariat. Uh, it's Dan Hansen as well. I think there was a Hansen, uh, I think, Kawada match where he misses the lariat, uh, you know, the right arm, and then I think Kawada just turns right into the left. So I thought that was that was cool. Um, she hits, uh, she winds up hitting Hana with the left arm lariat, then after she hits the right arm and then locks in the double wrist lock for the tap. Seven minutes, 51 seconds, three and a half stars. Again, just another fantastic outing from Hana here. And again, I don't expect her to have come out of this many points. Maybe two, maybe we'll see uh, uh, four, but she's really doing a great job getting over. And I, I, I thought that, you know, my prediction show or the preview show I did a while back, I said that I think Hana's going to come out of this five star, you know, with so much more momentum and so much more experience, so much more confidence because she's working the, you know, you know, the best, the best here. And so far, everything's been spot on. So, and that gets Mariah out of the little slump that she had, and that will put her up at eight points. Match number three, we stay at the Blue Stars as we see Saya Ito versus Momo Watanabe. I was really looking forward to this match. As you folks know that I'm a big fan of hard-hitting wrestling, Momo Watanabe, one of the hardest hitters in all of stardom. Saya Ito, obviously, you know, as well, ever since coming back from that injury, has really impressed me, well, you know, with her offense. And just, the, but just you know, her getting herself over with her great matches, win or loss. Uh, Momo hits a series of kicks on the start, a uh, nice little onslaught on her that sends Saya to the outside, where, of course, she's attacked by a way to tie. But where are the Stars members? Like, where Momo Kogo didn't come to her rescue? No, Mayu, no, nobody came out. It was just, she's just getting beat up by Stars for, you know, a minute or two. Um, they throw Saya back in the ring, and then she lights Saya up with a series of kicks. But as each one is hit, she's like the absorbing man for all my comic book fans here. After she gets beat up by a whale tie, she like turns in the absorbing man or the absorbing woman uh, because she's eating these kicks and she's kind of just firing up with each one. You can see her getting stronger, you know, in response. And you know what's going to happen if you see an Asai eat a match. You know that Momo Watanabe is going to be eating these chops. And you know Momo being the fantastic performer that she is, she's going to be feeding well for these chops. So she sure did. Um, and she just starts lighting up Momo with the chops. Uh, eventually, she gets the really nice advantage on Momo. She hits that beautiful power slam off the top rope that she's been going to. I thought that was a really good uh, really good sequence there. Momo gets the advantage back with some more strikes, and she hits a pair of meteors for two. Momo hits a head kick and B-driver for two. That doesn't get the job done. As you see her getting frustrated, she tries for the tequila sunrise. But Momo, or excuse me, Saeeda rolls through, and then she rolls up Momo Watanabe for... Maybe the biggest upset so far of this tournament. Saeeda gets her first two points as Momo Watanabe, the finalist of last year's tournament, is stuck on six points. Uh, I thought this was a really good storytelling there, just showing Saeeda's resilience. Three and three-fourth stars. This one got done. Seven minutes, 36 seconds. A surprising but kind of satisfying uh, finish there. As they did, a, you know, you want to get the crowd to pop. And after Saeeda was eating those kicks, especially those head kicks towards the end, Everyone thought that Momo would just blitz her and put her away, but that did not happen. That did not happen. So good job getting Saeeda's uh, resilience over. Match number four, we go to the Red Stars block as we see Cosmic Angels explode. Well, former Cosmic Angel Mei Sakurai going up against uh, Tam Nakano. And you can see Tam is going to this match, and she's just still pissed at May's betrayal of uh, Cosmic Angels a few months ago. Uh, Tam basically takes over on Mei Sakurai on the outset. She locks in that Dragon Sleeper off the top rope that sends Mei Sakurai to the outside. Quick little brawl on the outside. Eventually, they go back in the ring, and Mei Sakurai uses the STF as a counter hold. 
I thought that was really good. I'm a big fan of Mae Sakurai using the STF. She does a really good job, you know, locking her hands either on the, you know, on the, uh, the thumbless grip or the hand over uh, wrist grip. So I'm a big fan of that, how, how she uses it. I'd like to see her get a few wins with that. Um, May keeps the pressure on Tam Nakano using the big boot and the showstopper for two. The two trade blows on the top rope. Eventually, Tam gets the better. She hits that knee, that uh, Doug Williams-style bomb scare knee off the top rope. And then she hits the German suplex, violently shooting for two. And then Tam fires up with the head kick and the Tiger suplex for three. Three and a quarter stars, nine minutes, 15 seconds. This was pretty good, but for some reason, to me, it just didn't get out of the second gear. I thought that maybe they had a better match in them. Uh, we didn't get it here, but they, uh, I think the psychology of it made sense of Tam really needing a win here. She only had four points. May Sakurai was going into this with six. So it was like, you know, hey, I left you. I left Cosmic Angels, and uh, I'm beating you in points going into this match. So I think like Tam had a had a point to prove, especially towards the, uh, the end of the match. Match number five, we stay at the Red Stars block as we see Himika taking on Saki Kashima. Uh, Saki uses a little bit of high-speed offense to try to throw Himika off her game, and she even uses the old Dickie Murdoch uh, Gravedigger, you know, which is basically you take your you come off the top rope with your knee into the opponent's uh, the back of their neck and take a, a face plant. Uh, Himika uses a lariat, and then she goes in the Argentina backbreaker as she doesn't want Saki Kashima to try any more tricks, and Saki gets the quick tap out. I kind of like turned away for a second. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was kind of it. It was fast. It was quick. Uh, they really didn't get into too much of the teasing of the Kishikasai, which, as we all know, is the deadliest move in all of stardom. So Hamrika didn't want to play that game. She hits the one big lariat, and then she's like, nope. Picks her up for the Argentina backbreaker and gets the tap out in 4 minutes, 25 seconds. For To me, it will get the gentlemen's or gentle ladies, gentle women, uh, three stars. <clears throat> okay, rolling right along. We stay in the red stars block as we see Azumi taking on uh, Micah. So uh, we get some – so high speed doesn't work on Micah here. Zumi tries her high speed offense, but Micah's like absolutely not not going to have it here. Uh, Zumi attacks Micah's arm. Micah fights through the through the pain as uh, she just counters a lot of uh, Zumi's high speed offense. Gets her into the turnbuckle and hits a perfect superplex. Uh, that's a really cool visual, uh, just how she was able to kind of hold her there for a little bit. Reminded me of C.W. Anderson in the old ECW days. Uh Azumi winds up countering some of Micah's uh, power offense, and she puts her down with a head kick, and she hits the double stomp. And then Azumi uh, comes back off the ropes. Micah hits, my, excuse me, Micah tries to hit the Michinoku driver, but Azumi is able to counter the Azumi Sushi for uh, for two count. And then once she Azumi gets up uh, from the, excuse me, once Micah kicks out of the Azumi Sushi, Azumi does a great job being in the perfect place in the right time. She eats the discus lariat, and Micah comes back up with the Mijinoku driver for the one, two, three. I thought this was great. They got this done in six minutes, 54 seconds, so right around seven minutes. Azumi is doing a great job in these five-star matches. She's going less than 10 minutes, and she's having – I had this at four stars. I thought this was terrific. You know, she's had great matches with Shiri. She had a great match with uh, Himika and a great match here with Micah. So I thought this was uh, this was terrific. And that puts Micah up at eight points. So just a uh, fantastic job. Really, really good match between the two. Good job setting the pace. And this just shows that Micah can, can tell a really good story in a sub-eight-minute match. So uh, great job there. We move on to uh, staying in the Red Stars block here as we see Shuri 
going up against Koguma, both wrestlers coming in with six points. So we have the World of Stardom champion against the former High Speed champion and the former Goddess of Stardom champion. Uh, quick game of cat and mouse between the two to start. Koguma has Shiri running around all over the building to try to... I don't know if she's trying to wear her out here or what, but I thought that was, that was pretty funny. But once Shiri gets a hold of Koguma... She basically tries to kick the bear out of Koguma as he lays in some stiff, stiff kicks. Um, Koguma responds with the best way she knows how, and that's to try to get out of this match as soon as possible with some quick near falls, and that doesn't work. But eventually she uh, gets on uh, Sherry with a few strikes and hits a missile drop kick. But Sherry fires back with some strikes, and then she goes for the ruin. But then Koguma counters the Koguma roll for two. Koguma hits a big, big German suplex. That fires Sherry up as she she uh, strong styles out of it, fires up with a big knee. She goes for the buzzsaw kick, which we've seen Sherry win a good majority of her matches here in the five-star. But Koguma counters it. She does a schoolboy, and then she basically just keeps rolling around with Sherry. Eventually, she has her right where she needs her and has her dizzy just enough as she uses the back press, rolling Koguma roll for the win. And Sherry has three losses already in this tournament. She hasn't taken a singles loss pinfall in roughly around a year going into this five-star. She gets beat by Utami. She gets rolled up with the Kishikasai by Saki Kajima. And then Koguma upsets her here. So it's almost like, you know, we're seeing some kinks in the armor of Shiri. You know, is the pressure getting to her of being the champion? Uh, eight minutes, 20 seconds, three and three-fourth stars. I thought Shiri would have had, you know, one loss in a draw, maybe two losses in a draw. I didn't see her dropping three matches in this tournament, but she's dropped three already. We still have a month to go, so who knows what'll happen there. Match number eight, we and I when this came up as it was like the match eight of ten, I was like kinda like scratching my head. I was like, okay, because this is a match that I know that everybody was looking forward to. As uh we go over to the blue stars as we have the undefeated uh Hazuki coming at 14 points against the what my wrestler of the year and the, the wonder of stardom champion. Sai Kamatani with six points. Um, so, yeah, I was like, well, this has got to be the main event, right? And I was like, well, the next two matches have a lot to, uh, they got a lot cut out for them. And boy, they they sure did as these two um, start throwing kicks and forearms right from the get-go. Obviously, Hazuki has the advantage in strikes, or so we would think. But Sai Kamatani's strikes and her forms are getting much better. The way she places them, just the, uh, the velocity she throws them, where she throws them. Uh, I think Sai is doing a really good job upping her striking game, especially, uh, you know, going into this tournament and just the brutality that she's faced defending that Wonder of Stardom championship belt. Sai Kamatani gets the early advantage. She hits a springboard cross body inside of the ring that sends Suzuki to the outside of the ring. And then she hits the springboard cross body plunge on the outside of the ring. So we see her chain those two moves together back to back. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Hazuki comes back with a missile dropkick, and then she goes into her face washes as we see Hazuki Mania running wild here. The two come back in the middle of the ring and start exchanging some stiff slaps, some really, really stiff slaps, and then they, they follow that up with some stiff pump kicks. So it's almost, again, like a test of wills here. You see the two of them exchanging forearms in the beginning, and then you see them exchanging really stiff slaps. There was one that Saya sold really well that Hazuki slapped her. And you see, like, Hazuki, it looked like she almost went out for a second. She almost, like, fell out of the ring. Very much like Vondelay uh, Silver and uh, Rampage Jackson from the old Pride days. I mean, it's just brutal. And then they come back and start pump-kicking each other. I thought that was really good. Uh, Hazuki gets the advantage by locking in the crossface and then transitioning into the rings of Saturn. She does that 
really, really smooth. Uh, Hazuki hits a really sick headbutt, and then a senton, and the Hazuki driver. She tries for the brain buster, but Sayakamatani slips out. She has the European clutch, and I thought that would be the finish, folks. I'm like, oh, that's a good way to, you know, stop Hazuki's momentum is Sayakamatani going back to the European clutch that we've seen her use a lot towards the end of last year to build her up for her Wonder Stardom Championship match with Tam. But Hazuki slips out at two. I thought it was a great near fall. Not only did I bite, but pretty much everybody in the audience bit as well. Um, and then Saya did the schoolboy powerbomb for two. She goes for the uh, Star Crusher. But as she's coming down, she gets countered into the small package. That gets a near fall for Hazuki at two. And then Saya Kamatani hits a Keke Goye. Very uh, kind of, you know, she's challenging her, uh, her hero, Kodabushi. Kodabushi has the Kamagoye. Uh, which is basically the uh, the big knee strike. And Sayakamatani, we've seen her use this before, but instead of the knee strike, I'm just going to call it the Kikagoye. I mean, if anybody knows that she's got a fancy name for it, you know, let me know. She, then she changed that into the Star Crusher for two. Um, you can see the frustration on her face, but she stays focused, stays on Hazuki as she pulls her into the corner of the ring. She hits the Star Crusher into the 450 splash. That gets the job done. Four and a half stars. 12 minutes, 47 seconds. Absolutely love this match. This was terrific. And that will get Hazuki's first loss. We wonder if that's going to halt some momentum from her. So we shall see. Moving on to the co-main event. We got Natsupoi at six points. Julia at six points. Blue Stars block action. Big fight feel in this one. As you can just see the focus in Julia uh, because of her betrayal against Donald Del Mundo just about a month or so ago. We saw Julia super stiff and super just pissed off and focused in her Cork and Hall main event uh, the night before against Starlight Kid. What's going to happen to poor Natsupoi here? Uh, Julia really lays her stuff in here. I mean, uh, really just her slaps, her kicks. She's, again, very much against the, If you like Julia then, uh, and the Cork and show, you're going to like her here because she was a mess around Poi. Finally hits a German suplex and a sliding drop kick combination to her, for her first advantage of the match, you know, and basically kind of just giving her a breather. Um, at this point, Natsupoi has the opportunity to really fire back on Julia, and she does. You know, she gets her in the mount position, and she starts slapping Julia, very similar to the position Julia had her in earlier in the match. Uh, she's really not holding back, neither am I. Um, at this point, Natsupoi really has a nice advantage on Julia, and she goes to where she's most comfortable. She tries to go up top. Julia cuts her off, and she hits that beautiful butterfly superplex falcon arrow combination for two. And then at that point, Julia just does not give Natsupoi any time to breathe as she just piles on the big moves one after another. Some big strikes, and then she hits the beautiful backdrop driver into the glorious driver for the dominate. I mean, really just kind of dominated here in the last, like, two minutes of the match. Um, really, you know, proving a point, you should have never left. And this is the punishment that you get. 10 minutes, 56 seconds. I had this at four stars. She stays on Natsupoi after the match that makes, uh, gets Tom, you know, uh, Julia, uh, Natsupoi's tag partner. Tom, Tam gets in the ring. We get a little pull apart between Tam and Julia, possibly setting up what many people believe will be the finals of this five-star Grand Prix. And if it's not, and Julia, you know, wins the belt, then, you know, maybe it's a preview for one of Julia's first big title matches. And then we see uh, May Sakurai get involved as well uh, at, you know, with uh, Natsupoi and Tam. So that's another thing that was teased, you know, from where I'm sitting, was teased as well as maybe we're getting Oh My Julia versus Tom Natsupoi. God, that's the starting championship match somewhere down the line. So 
not only was this a good match, not only was it a really good way to show uh, Natsupoi's um, ability to fight back, not only was it a really good showcase of Julia just really piling on moves, you know, to get that win and that revenge win and to get two more points to pump her up at eight points, but did, it, did, it did a good job building a future matchup between Julia and Tam and a future matchup between Julia and May Sakurai versus Natsupoi and Tam. So uh, this match, you know, one match, you're able to get a lot done. So kudos on to stardom uh, for just a really good, really good booking there. So we move on to the main event. We saw we see Ami Sori coming in with eight points, trying to uh, get into double digits against Mayu Iwatani with six points. Uh, Ami starts out really fast and starts uh, targeting Mayu's back. She hits some some chops, some power slams, some uh, suplexes, and then uh, goes into the Boston Crab, really trying to slow down Mayu. Uh, Ami has some really thunderous chops that not only does Mayu feed perfect for, but she sells as well. I mean, obviously, Mayu is, I talk about all the time, how great of a seller she is. Uh, Mayu fires back with some stiff, stiff forearms, and uh, she hits, she basically, and then uh, she goes to the top rope, and she hits that flat back uh, drop kick that I call the Joshi drop kick. Shout out to Shane Hagedorn, who uh, I remember he named that when we were watching All Japan Women's Match way back when, when we were training at Ring of Honor. But anywho, um, I thought that was a really cool uh, visual as the bigger Ami Sori took a really nice bump and then kind of just fed all the way across the ring uh, for Mayu to kind of, you know, really come back with a lot of her offense. But eventually Ami Sori comes back with a clothesline and a blue thunderbomb for two. Uh, she picks her up for the corkscrew brain, brain buster and that only gets the two. And then uh, Ami tries to fire up with a lariat. Mayu looks like she's going to hit the crucifix bomb, but she kind of slips out through and then rolls up Ami, basically just catches her out of nowhere. For the win, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't wasn't expecting that. That did kind of come out of nowhere. Kind of a short main event, eight minutes and ten seconds, three and three four stars. Uh, nice seeing Mayu getting a win here. Not only win, but a main event win. Again, I would have probably put Hazuki and Sayakamatani in the main, or Natsupoi and Julie in the main. But this was kind of just like a different main event match where you just saw Mayu kind of fight back from underneath as Ami Sorry probably had about 65 percent of this match. But then again, it just goes to show you kind of implants in our head that any match, whether it's match one, match five, or match nine or ten, any match can end either with a strike, a big move, a submission, or as we see here, uh, in a roll-up. So, fantastic job from both ladies as Mayu goes to eight points. Okay, so now we will go to the standings. And yeah, yes, I know we're running a little bit past an hour. So, uh, we're going to go to the standings. I'm going to give my top five matches and then just a quick preview on this weekend show. So Blue Stars block. We have Hazuki leading the pack at 14. And then we see a giant tie at 8 points. Mayu Yutani, 8 points. Sayakamatani, 8 points. Julia, 8 points. Amisori, 8 points. Mirai, 8 points. Uh, and then we see two ties at 6. Natsupoi and Momo Watanabe. Starlight Kid and Mina Shirakawa at 4 points. That's another head scratcher to me. Starlight Kid only with 4 points. I imagine she's going to get on a roll here as we get into the later half of this tournament. Saida got on the board with two points. Suzu Suzuki and Hana both at the goose egg at zero. Red Stars block. We have tied at the top. Tied at the top. Azumi at ten points. Himika at ten points. But since Azumi beat Himika, she has the tiebreaker. So as of this recording. Azumi is uh, ahead of the Red Stars block. So for some reason, this tournament was to end now. It would be Hazuki versus Azumi in the finals. And I don't think anybody would complain about that. But um, 
Again, we have a lot to go. Koguma, eight points. Utami, eight points. Micah, eight points. Risa Sarah at six points. Shiri, the champion, at only six points. That's kind of a shocker to me. May Sakurai at six points, another shocker uh, for her just chaining up some wins here. Tam at six points. The two Sakis, Kashima and uh, Saki from Colors, both at four points. Yunagi at two. Momo Kogo at the Goose Egg at zero. Okay, so again, I don't have these written down. When I do the wrap-up special for this, I'll probably have my top 10 matches and I'll have them written down. So my top five favorite matches at the top of my head, number five, we will go with Hazuki versus Natsupoi. Number four, we will go with Sayakamatani. Starlight Kid. Number three will be Starlight Kid, Julia. Number two will be Julia Hazuki. And number one will be Shiri and Utami. I see a lot of people that have uh, several uh, different lists than mine, which is great. It just goes to show you how many great matches there are. And, you know, everybody has a different flavor of ice cream. It all depends on, you know, what you like. Some people like chocolate. Some people like Rocky Road. Some people like cookies and cream. At the end of the day, folks, it's all ice cream. And the delicious ice cream that we are all devouring is stardom and is this fantastic five-star Grand Prix. So please let me know what your top five favorite matches are. If you want to give me a top ten, uh, you can do that as well. So, you know, let me know. Okay, before we wrap this up, I just want to preview just a few of the matches we have coming up this weekend. Uh, coming up on Friday and Saturday, Shiri is both taking on Micah and Himika. On respected days, uh, those are two matches I'm really, really looking forward to. We also have the match I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. No disrespect to any of the matches. No disrespect to Clash at the Cancel, or Clash at the Ca at the Castle, or AEW's All Out. But the match I want to see the most this weekend is Mayu Iwatani taking on Saya Kamatani. Super excited for that. Julia, who's been an odd, an absolute tear, an absolute role against Mina Shirakawa. Really, really looking forward to that. Uh, Amisori versus Starlight Kid. Uh, Amisori, I think, will be a great base for Starlight Kid's offense. Uh, Mayu versus Natsupoi is another one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Mirai, Momo Watanabe. So we have some really good matches coming up in the five-star. So uh, thank you, uh, everybody, so, so much for listening. Thanks for hanging in here. Again, this is it looks like it's going to be my longest episode. I said I was going to go through New Blood 4 uh, in a quickly fashion, and I didn't. Plus, I got on a roll with those uh, uh, fancy rhymes. But uh, real quick, just to close out the show, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the support, all the fantastic uh, feedback that I've been getting. You know, any questions, comments, please, you know, hit me up, Matt Turner OF, on the Instagram and or the Twitter. Um, I also want to thank everybody for uh, listening to the Patreon. Patreon is rocking and rolling as we just dropped the Tony Storm 2017 five-star uh, review. And then this uh, this next week, our watch along for our Red Belt tier Patreon members will be Momo versus Utami from the 2020 five star. And then also the uh, the September poll has just closed. So for September, I will be reviewing this is for our White Belt and our Red Belt tier Patreon members. I will be reviewing Io Shirai's V10 of her Red Belt reign. Um, me and Rob did, I think it was, it was the very first episode of the Patreon. We did her V14. So by all means, you know, go back and listen to that one as I'll be covering her V10. And then uh, the Julia, Wonder of Stardom uh, Reign as well, I'll be covering. And probably what I'm going to do is I'll probably do the EO one first just because the Julia one 
will drop towards the end of the month of September. And I have a feeling towards the end of the month of September, Julia will be a hot topic as she will be in contention for the this year's five-star uh, Grand Prix. So sometimes I get a little lucky with timing. So I think that's what I'm going to do. And I've had so many people, I know this is running long and I apologize. I've had so many people, like so many of my friends that are wrestlers, like in the industry that I'm constantly telling to watch stardom, that after the Starlight Kid Julia match, there was so many gifts and so many uh, little clips online. I had so many of my friends text me and say, what's going on with this? Who's this Julia? Like, I like her look. I like her entrance. I like her star power. I like, you know, the way she chains these moves together. So it just seems like Julie is going to be somebody that is, well, not going to be somebody. I mean, we've been saying it a lot. Uh, on this podcast, I mean, you, you really have to be living under a rock to not notice the star power and potential that Julia has. So I have more and more of my fellow wrestling friends asking more questions about Julia than any other wrestler, not only in stardom, but like I follow a lot of pro wrestling. Noah, uh, I watch a decent amount of all Japan. So that seems to be the, you know, Julia seems to kind of be a, a hot topic amongst, you know, the wrestling and wrestling fans over here in the States. So I think that with the momentum stardom's on, the only way to continue to grow is by pushing Julia to the moon. And it looks like based on her performance lately in the five star, that's where they're going to go. Kind of seems like a no brainer. So I kind of just wanted to share that uh, with uh, the fantastic listeners and friends and fans of the stardom cast says Julia's catching a lot of eyes over here, you know, over here in uh, North America. So, cause I know we have a lot of listeners all over the world. Okay. I have talked long enough. As you can hear, my voice is getting a little hoarse. So again, I thank everybody so, so much for listening. I thank your support. Again, questions, comments, anything that you need from me, please let me know. Matt Turner, OF, Instagram, and or the Twitter. If you're looking to uh, so continue to support the show, please sign up for our Patreon. Again, there's we have so much stuff uh, going on there. I just mentioned before what we just released and what's coming down the pike and for our watch-along episodes uh, that drop every Monday. So... Uh, that is that, folks. I am going to close this one out for episode 78. I am your friend. I am your buddy. I am your host, Matt Turner. Remember, we're all in this together, and everybody's, spe- everybody's different. Everybody's special. Have a great day and a great night. Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.